Hi everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast where I provide you with actionable strategies that you can apply to your teaching and learning to enhance student learning and transform them into lifelong learners. I'm Dan Jackson, and this week I'm talking with you about helping your students to reflect on their learning. This is episode 40. If you would like to see the show notes or even just come along and watch the video, you can go to teacherspd.net slash 40 and you'll land on this episode. Now, when it comes to student reflection, student reflection for me is all about metacognition. Now, metacognition improves the understanding of how we learn or for our students, it's gonna improve their understanding of how they learn. It helps them to identify successful strategies that they are using that are being really good and helping them with their learning. It provides them with feedback, their own kind of feedback where they're self-monitoring how they're going with their learning. The other thing I'm gonna say here is that it needs to be taught. You can't just expect your students to sit down and reflect, answer a bunch of questions without teaching and modeling this to them. You don't wanna just go, oh here, just go and do some reflection on your learning. That, that doesn't work. And honestly, I'm gonna say it doesn't work for teachers either. When I ask teachers just to reflect on their lessons, they tend to go, oh, this worked okay, that worked all right. But that's not real reflection. Real reflection requires a lot more in-depth thinking in terms of how, how did you go about building from what they already knew? Did you know where they were? How did you progress that? Where are they going? What criteria did you set? Were the, did the students understand that criteria? That, that's, you, know, you need to teach that to the teacher for how to reflect on their lessons better. And we have to do the same for our students. We have to teach them how to go about this reflection. Now, when it comes to reflection and metacognition and stuff, this is what makes them owners of their learning. Okay, this is enabling our students to reflect on their learning and go, wow, I am a learner. I can see where I learn, how I learn, where I'm at, how to get to the next level, what skills I have that are my strengths, which ones I need to build on and develop. That all gets shown to them in that whole system. So let's talk a little bit about what metacognition means. Now, metacognition means knowing what you know. Okay, it means knowing the kinds of information that you already have a good grasp of. And it also means knowing what you don't know. Well, that's not really possible, is it? <laughs> it means knowing what you know, knowing the limits, I guess, of your understanding there. It also means knowing what you can do. So there's one thing to know, yeah, these are, this is what I have in my brain, but it's also another thing to know, these are the kinds of skills that I have and these are the things that I can do, right? If I, maybe they're really good at research or maybe they're really good at creating artistic things or something like that, the things that they can do that they are really good at. So metacognition, they have to know what they know and they have to know what they can do. The other thing is knowing what you know about your own abilities, okay? And here I would say I, I like the whole growth mindset thing. I think it's really good and I think it's just, it's a fact, right? Our, our brain continues to grow and change and get stronger and better the more we use it, just like a muscle. If we use it, it adapts and it gets stronger, it gets more efficient uh, and our brain is like that too. The more we use it um, in particular areas, the better it's gonna get in those areas uh, and the more efficient it gets in those areas and so when I'm looking at my own abilities, right, I know what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses, but I also know that if I work really hard on my weaknesses, I can actually turn them into strengths. Uh, so my ability is not limited just because of how I was born. I can grow and change and create those abilities as well. So it's really important that I think that our students understand that. So just because this is what I know and this is what I can do does not mean I can, can't really grow that exponentially. And the same for our abilities. Our abilities it, the more you work on things, the more that ability is going to grow. So now let's talk about a few types of reflective questions. 
I'm going to talk about three basic types of reflective questions that I think are really important for us to use with our students. One is comprehensive questions. So what kind of problem is this? You know, when we're looking at the content, you know, what kind of things do I know? What don't I know? Those types of things are comprehension questions. So what kind of problem is this? The next is a strategic question. And that's how could I solve this? So as I'm going through my learning, I come into a problem. How do I go about solving this? Is it a content problem? Have I run out of what I know that I need to go and learn something new, right? That's how I then solve it. I go and learn something new. Have I reached the limits of my skill ability in this place, in this zone? And so now I've got to go and work on my skills in this area, whether that be you know, critical thinking or whether that be um, being able to draw multiple things together uh, at once. That might be something that they need to work on. And then the other one is a connection question. And that's how does the current problem relate to previous problems? And this is actually really important for motivation too, because if a student identifies a problem in their learning and they can identify that it's really similar to a problem that they've had before, but they overcame that problem, that's great for their motivation because suddenly they go, oh, I know what I happened that time and I overcame it. So this is very similar. I know what I can do to overcome it. And they actually know, know that they will overcome it too. And so that allows them to get motivated and keep going and go, oh, even though this is a bit challenging, I know I'm going to overcome this. And this can be just in normal kind of learning. If you're looking at, you know, if they're writing an essay and you go, well, last time I got stuck in how to structure my essay and this is what I did to structure my essay. So now I'm going to do a similar thing. I'm going to go through and draw out my plan. I'm going to think about the structure of my paragraph, how my ideas are going to flow and connect together to create my argument. Uh, and so teaching them those types of things, that means I can identify the problem here is that I just haven't bothered to plan it. And so now I did that previously. I planned it. It's going to fix it this time too. And they get stuck into it. So the three types there, the, the comprehension questions, what kind of problem is this? The strategic questions, how could I solve this? And then the third one is a connections question. How does this problem relate to previous problems that the student has had to address? Now, we need to make sure we're helping our students with these reflections too. It's not enough just to give them you know, questions to reflect on. And not that that's not a terrible place to start, but we could do more than that. I want to encourage you to give them criteria and benchmarks that they can compare their work against so that when they're actually doing stuff, they can go, okay, this is where I'm meant to be at. This is where I'm currently looking at. I'm missing that. Where am I in the criteria? I need to move it up to this level. What, what's involved in that? Oh, I'm missing A, B, and C. All right, I need to put A, B, and C in. And that's a reflection around content type stuff, but they're looking at other content to help them to basically self-assess in, in that kind of sense. And self-assessing is really important with reflection. They need to be able to know where they're at and to think about what's coming up next in terms of where they need to get to with their goals. So it's important that they know those goals that they know what it looks like when they achieve those goals and that there's some kind of criteria to go with that so that they know how to measure themselves. And the criteria should try to relate back to. So you know, if you're at this stage and you're just getting stuck into something that's new, so let's say, let's, let's go outside of school, right? Let's go podcasting. And this is a podcast. So a kid's never done a podcast before, right? So they're going to have a whole bunch of questions. They've never done it before. How do I go about the process of creating a podcast? So do I start by writing a script? Do I start by finding technology that I have to use or how to get it onto iTunes, all those types of things. So you might have a series of steps that actually gets them to the point where they create a really good podcast. So they might start by saying, okay, here's my idea. Here's a bit of an outline of what I want to present. I now need to find the technology to record it. I've recorded it. And now the next step is I've got to think about how to get that onto iTunes or how to get it onto the Google podcast system so that people can listen to it and provide reviews to it. And then 
So you're solving those problems as they go, and then at the end, the final product is, I've got this beautiful podcast, I've got show notes, and it's all up on a site, and it appears in the major podcasting places where you might go to listen. So that's the kind of things that go into criteria, benchmarks, and showing that kind of a success path, I guess, for your students. The next is to use learning logs. Uh, You can do this with your students where you basically are just helping them to log what they're learning and how they're going about their learning on a regular basis, kind of like a journal. But you might provide them a whole bunch of sentence data. So you might say things like, today I learnt and let them fill that in. Or I was surprised by, uh, you might say, uh, the most helpful thing I will take away from this lesson is, or I was really interested in this aspect of the lesson. Uh, What I liked most about the lesson was blah. You might say, one thing I'm not sure about is, and then let them fill that in, or the the main thing I want to find out more about is this other one, or after this session, I feel really, you know, maybe they're down, maybe they're excited, Uh, and then why? Because? Why why do they feel that way? Or you might even say, I might have gotten more from this lesson if, and then they can fill in things that they could have done differently to get more out of that lesson. The other thing I like to add to these kind of sentence starters, particularly when they I go, yeah, this is something I'd like to learn more about or this is something that I struggle with. I then want to ask them often at the, as like a second bit to this in the sense of, so uh, if I say one thing I'm not sure about is, and they, whatever it is, right? Maybe I'm not sure about uh, how water goes about changing from a liquid to a gas or to an ice, right? To a solid. So the next thing I want to put into that is what are they going to do about it, right? So maybe in order to find out more or in order to fix this, this is what I might do and actually give them that as well because I don't want to leave them with kind of reflecting and identifying problems or identifying areas where they want to learn more about it. I want to then say, what's the next thing you're going to do to make sure that you either fix that problem or that you are going about and following up on the things that you're interested in? And that helps as well with that reflection for them to identify what they're going to do next because then they can come back to it and go, oh, I said I was going to do this next. That's the next thing I'm going to do so I learn more about this aspect so that I can then do this aspect or this part of my learning more efficiently or better. Now, reflection does take time. Okay, when you're doing this with your students, it's really important that you build time into your lessons, into your programs, your units, to allow students time to reflect on their learning. Now, you can do this, you know, as a kind of a weekly thing where you might say, all right, at the end of this lesson, we're going to spend 20 minutes, I want you to reflect on your learning. And you've put that into your lesson plan, you put that into your unit, so that there's actually 20 minutes worth of time for your students to reflect properly. And you want to make sure that you're collecting that reflection somehow. So if they're doing it maybe through Google Docs and Google Classroom, and so you can have a look at their reflections in there. Or maybe you're going to ask them to make some small little videos that they're going to post back to you, and you can sit there and listen to them as they talk about it, or just recording some audio and sending it back to you. Make it easy for them so that they can really quickly do those kind of reflections and think about it. And I find if you do video and audio, you, you find a greater depth of insight into how their brains work because they don't tend to edit it as much. They just kind of blurt it all out and go, oh, no, no, that's not right. It was like this and then like that. Uh, and so you start to get a bit better picture of what actually is happening in that brain as they're going about this learning. So build in that time and make sure you have a way to see those types of reflections. These reflections are not really an add-on. They're not just an addition to learning. They're really a part of the central process to learning. For you to know how you're learning and to do your learning really well and to become a lifelong learner, you need to know how you're learning and what types of things help you to get beyond 
you know, problems that roadblock you or when you come up with issues or anything in your learning, how do you go about dealing with that? And so having your students learning to reflect on it will actually just make them naturally then, once they've been doing this for a while, they'll go, oh, well, this problem has come up. Uh, last time I did this. And so they'll try that. Or maybe they'll go, oh, last time that didn't work. What else could I do? I can do some more reading. I can go and do a bit of research. Maybe I can find a video on YouTube. I don't really mind. It's just about teaching them how to find information, teach them how to reflect to identify the fact that they are stuck and then teaching them how to reflect in a way that identifies what's causing them to be stuck. Is it a gap in their skills? Is it a gap in their knowledge? Maybe they're just struggling to connect things together. I don't, it's about helping them with that kind of a process. So this week, I want you to put it into practice. I want you to choose a lesson where you're going to let the students do some reflection Okay, build in that time. Give them a, give them 20 minutes, right? So often people go, oh, I'll just give them five minutes at the end or 10 minutes at the end. Five minutes at the end is the time to pack up your classroom, right? Give them 20 minutes so they've got some decent time to settle in. They're going to need guidance, okay? So scaffold the reflection for them. Give them questions. Give them stem starters. Give them a process to go through for this reflection. You might even want to model it, right? You could say to start a whole lesson for reflection. You might spend the first 20 minutes of that ref- uh, lesson modeling how to reflect and so you might go through a process too of you know what's involved in with what happened in the class i did this i did that I'm, i didn't get to these kids over here and you're going to talk about that with them and go well, what problem does that happen does that cause then for learning how do i go about what what stopped me from getting over there what happened uh what how else could i address that to make sure i'm actually getting to all of my students when they need me all that kind of stuff right you're modeling that scaffolding it for them and then giving them a chance to do it my final thing for you to do this week is once they've done it, is for you to use it as formative assessment. And that means that you're going to collect it, you're going to have a look at it, and then you're going to change what you do next time. So I want you to change your next lot of learning, your next lot of teaching that you're doing with your students based on the reflections that they give you. Because you're going to identify a whole bunch of stuff about, you know, you might be doing something every single lesson that every single kid in your class finds is detrimental to their learning. And so you might go, oh man, that, I never realized that. I thought it was being helpful but all of them are telling me it's not, I've got to change that, and therefore it should not happen again. You need to then change it to something else that is helpful and that achieves the same goal that you were trying to get with that activity, but you know, obviously it's not working for them. So that's the kind of stuff that you want to do. You want to choose a lesson, build in the time, scaffold it, model it, and use it as formative assessment. Okay, well, thanks again for listening. I would love to hear what you're doing when it comes to reflecting and gathering that kind of data. Head over to teacherspd.net slash 40 to land on this episode with the show notes and stuff and let me know what you've done this week and how it went in the comments. I would love to hear back from how you got that insight into your students. I look forward to seeing you next week.